SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Welcome to the Declaring War segment by the RSVP Show, where we get to the root of things and apply the Word of God to every aspect of our lives. Worship, application, and read is how we declare war upon the enemy and bring the light of God and His love for us into every atmosphere. Join your host, author, and singer-songwriter, April D. Metzler, as she and a few special guests dive deep into Scripture and demonstrate the Bible in action through their testimony. April is passionate about understanding the heart behind every subject and helping you pursue a relationship with God for a victorious life every day. Are you ready for real, candid, and vulnerable conversations about God, His Word, and His love for you? Grab your Bible, pen, and study pad, and let's visit. it. Hello, hello, hello. I am April D. Metzler, host of the RSVP show, and I'm here again with another Declaring War segment for us to dive into the scriptures and learn more about his great love for us and his word and just soak all that in. So I am, of course, going to be diving into the next chapter of this particular series. We've done John chapter one, we've done John chapter two, and now we are on the third chapter of the book of John in the Gospels, you guys. So I'm super excited to be here with you. If this is your first time on this broadcast, welcome. Um, make sure, of course, if you're catching this on the replay to do the hashtag replay and I'll come back around and check those comments and your thoughts on this broadcast. I appreciate you, appreciate you being here, and I appreciate your yes to diving into the scriptures today. Whether or not you're busy going 100 miles an hour or you're able to sit still and write down notes, I just thank you so much for being here with me today. It's an honor to be in the Word of God with you. So we're going to open up this broadcast with prayer as we always do, or at least I try to do. Um, and we will let Holy Spirit lead us through the scriptures. So that's what he's here for our teaching and counsel and all that jazz. So Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for every single listener on this broadcast. Thank you for their families. Thank you for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus that you give us, Father. We thank you so much for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and that we have the option to choose to abide in you and you in us, Father. Thank you for grafting us into the vine and blessing the time that we have together with your presence. It is an honor to be in your presence. It is an honor to be in your word. And we thank you for that opportunity. We humble ourselves before you. We repent of all old ways that, that we used to operate in, Father. And we come to you seeking your name, calling upon you, turning to you instead of the world, Father. And and we just want to learn what it is to be a child of yours, and we're here to be taught. And so we thank you, 
And we ask that Holy Spirit lead us and guide us through these scriptures and just pour into us that spiritual wisdom and revelation to the knowledge of you and your great love for us that is in Christ Jesus, Father. Thank you. And it's in Jesus's name we come before you humbly and in honor and reverence and awe of you. Amen. All right, you guys. So here we go. We are diving into chapter three of the book of John. And I just, I really um, encourage you to go back and catch the replay of John 1 and John 2 so that you can uh, get caught up if you are just now joining us on these. And um, if uh, if maybe this is just a, a word in due season for you in, in John chapter 3 and then I never see you again. That's okay too. So um, we're talking about though um, the witness of Christ himself. He's going to be diving into talking to um, Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee, and um, he is also a member of the Sanhedrin um, at the time. And it doesn't tell us really what position Nicodemus holds within those dynamics. We just know that he's a part of those two um, groups of people. And if you are not familiar with Pharisees, they were they were in the category of zealots. They, they had quite the zeal for the scriptures and um, they, they were of the thought process of, of purity, if you will. Um, however, we find out moving forward through the scriptures, you know, that a, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them were in the bucket of being hypocritical and judgmental of their brothers and sisters in Christ. They, they had gotten so high up on their horse there that they decided that, that everybody else that wasn't on the same level as they were, were beneath them. And, uh, and so, you know, we'll find that stuff out as we go through the gospel here. Um, but at this time, Christ is entertaining a conversation from Nicodemus of questions. And he is trying to convey to him what it means to be born again and into this newness that he offers, although he hasn't gotten to the cross yet. And so it's sort of a hypothetical theory, if you will, at this moment. But uh, Nicodemus is going to find out, of course, fast forward to the future, that it, it is real. What he's saying is truth. And he has the choice and option to accept that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that the kingdom of God is, you know, within reach, within grasp of his understanding if he just believed, right? So here we are, chapter three, verse one, and it says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, not sure what type of ruler. Of course, you can go down a history rabbit trail all you want to. I'm just sticking to scriptures today. <laughs> and uh, I, of course, could probably look into all of that too myself, but there's so much spiritual meat and nutrition in the word of God alone, you know, but we, we can have that conversation another day, of course. But right now we're focusing on Nicodemus, and Jesus's conversation. Two says, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, 
For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So he's acknowledging in this conversation before he even gets started with Jesus that he is of God and he answers to God. He's just a, you know, upper level teacher who has been given the ability to do things that no one else can. Okay. And so 25 says, and because he did not need anyone to testify, cons- oh, wait, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm in the wrong one. Chapter <laughs> chapter three, verse three uh, is Jesus's response. And he says, Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now comes, okay, there's the introduction of the topic and now comes the, now comes the questions. What are you talking about? You know, what, this is, this doesn't make sense. What do you mean born again? Right. And four says, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born. Can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You must be born again. Oh, do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Okay, so if you're like Nicodemus, and if the born-again concept is something that you've struggled with, um, it is, is best to lean not unto your own understanding, as Proverbs 3 talks of. This isn't something that you can even reason or consider in the flesh. And Jesus makes this very clear here in this passage as he's addressing this subject, because of course he knew that Nicodemus was going to have all of these questions. He's speaking of heavenly things. He's not speaking of earthly things. And so the concept in general is going to be foreign to anybody that he talks to in this moment. And of course, in this particular conversation, it's with Nicodemus. And so Nicodemus is like, what are you talking about? This makes absolutely no sense. Like, it's just not physically possible for this to happen. And yet he's saying this to the man that a few statements ago, he acknowledged that he was of God and that no one could do the things that he was capable of doing, right? And so very interesting. He is willing to listen. He's willing to hear Jesus's explanation. Like he didn't just cut him off just because he didn't understand. And that is a great example of how we need to come to God. We get into these situations. We have absolutely no idea what's going on. None of it makes sense. We just don't get it. And, um, and we either are willing to hear what God has to say and shut up after we've asked our questions like Nicodemus did, right? He asked the questions and then he gave God the room, God being Jesus, the son, God, the son, 
um, he gave him the room to respond and he was open and receptive of what he was being taught or what was being said in that moment. And he understood that Jesus was the teacher. At least that's the, that's the acknowledgement he gave him was a teacher of God. And so whatever came from Jesus was coming from God in that moment. And so he yielded, he submitted, and he was like, okay, I'm ready to receive whatever it is, even though none of it makes sense. So definitely a good encouragement to pull from here for application and definitely an example of what it looks like to submit to God, which is our true form of worship. So, all right, you guys. So I love the example though of the wind factor. Like everybody knows that there's wind. It exists. It blows, but we have no clue where it's going because wind, especially here in Oklahoma, can shift to any direction at any given time. It, it could be coming from the east to the west, and then all of a sudden there's like a shift in the weather, and it's coming out of the southeast now, and it's going across my pond in a completely different direction, and you can tell by the cattails and, and the weeds that are growing up around there on the, the um, you know, uh, the, oh wow, the pond dam that is actually, you know, leaning one way or the other when it wasn't a minute ago. And, and that's what it is. Like you can't determine exactly precisely what way the wind's going to be blowing any given second of the day here in Oklahoma, much less, you know, where it comes from, you know, but we know it blows. We know it's, it's there. We know it exists. So, um, you hear the sound of it too. Yes, you do. Um, but it says, you know that, right? The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Okay. So that makes us as born again, born again, Christians, you know, we're walking by, in a supernatural sense by the spirit, like in him, we are walking in him. And so it's a, it's a separation of flesh and self to spirit and being yielded to him and ready and willing to be obedient at any given season of our lives, moments of our lives when he speaks, you know, and that's what the wind does. It yields to the direction of the Lord. It's, it's that of nature, you know, it's at the mercy of God. And so, um, his bidding is what exists in nature. He takes care of it. We can go over to Matthew six and talk about that. And it's evident, you know, he, he speaks of that. Um, and the wind and waves obey him, right? We can go to that passage. If you guys want to talk about the fact that everything's yielded to God, he is our, the creator of the world. And so, um, nine though, <laughs> Almighty God, this is good stuff so far. We're in verse nine, um, and it talks about uh, Nicodemus um, talking about, you know, responding. And so Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Very simple, like, what in the world? What do you mean? How, how is this possible? And so Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, 
and you do not accept our testimony. I'm going to pause right there, though. I'd love for you to just make a note, mental note, write it down note on 11 on the immediate shift where it says, truly, truly, I say to you. So he's addressing the conversation, but then it shifts over to we. We speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen and you do not accept our testimony. I just want to inject a question. Who is the we he is referencing? Okay, and now moving forward, we're on verse 12. It says, if I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the son of man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. And so we're, we're talking at this point, this is the infamous or famous or whatever world-renowned scripture, John 3.16 coming up. But we are basically have read before John 3.16, and then we're going to read after John 3.16, which I highly encourage you. If you ever see a scripture on some kind of meme or picture or image that's well known, right? I encourage you to go read around that verse that's being quoted. Not only will this bring in context for interpretation, but it'll also uh, probably you'll glean historical points, cultural things going on at the time, and uh, other things that you use for Bible interpretation. And so here we are, though. He's explaining all this stuff to Nicodemus, and we're going kingdom. He is shifting over. Um, and the thing that Nicodemus can relate to is, um, is the prophecies that he's well aware of at the time. You know, he has a good ample knowledge of the scriptures as they stood from that day. So all the Old Testament, like he could probably quote quite a lot of it, I'd imagine, just in conversations. And so we're here with a very um, educated man who is able to teach obviously. And he knows his history. He knows the the things that have been handed down from generation to generation. He knows what God has done. And he knows what the prophets have said about the man that is to come. And so he's prefacing this that, you know, these things are already laid out, ready. And so he goes, for God so loved the world, this is John 3.16, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. These are key words I'm emphasizing here. We've got the word gave. You know, God so loved the world that he gave. He took action on your behalf. And his only begotten Son, you know, there's only one, and that whoever believes in, in him, who is left out of whoever, like that is the same as any or all or everybody, that usage, whoever, um, 
is indicative of everyone <laughs> across the span of time. You know, God's not confined by time. Let's remember that. So it's, uh, and he even talks about, you know, that you will not perish, you know, if you believe in him, that you will not perish, but have eternal life. And so um, another example of the fact he's not confined by time, but uh, 17, for God did not send the son into the world, the judge of the world, but that the world might be saved through him. It says that no one comes to the father, but through me. Like he is the door, the access point. You go through Jesus Christ, you get reconciled back to God through Christ, you know, and, and that takes accepting that he is the son of God and that he did what he said he did, that that scripture says he did. And uh, yeah, we believe on him. All right, so 18, even more depth here. It says, he who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believed believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So this is where Jesus is getting, you know, very, you know, this is this way or the, this way. There is no middle here. There's not a lukewarm choice on the fence that you get to sit in one foot in, one foot out. You know, you either believe or you don't believe. It's very simple. There, It's not a gray area. And so uh, you, it's up to each man to, to um, determine in his heart what he believes upon. And so uh, God gives us that option and we are to decide one way or the other. And so 19, it says, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. And so it goes back to, you know, we all have choices. We can choose to, you know, be a believer or not. We can choose to obey the word of God as a believer, um, or we can choose to be disobedient. You know, there's so many things that are set before us, but in all of these things, you know, it's, it's talking about you, you have this decision to make, first of all, and after that decision, because a choice and a decision are two different things, things to think about, things to look up, Decisions and choices are two different things, but you have choices within a decision. Decisions are concrete. They're established. It's a covenant. It's a, it's a contract, if you will, a vow that this is what it is, you know, and just like in marriage, you make a decision to be married and you make the choice every day to honor that decision. So, um, that's like this, though. We are making a covenant with the Son of God when we believe upon him. We are deciding that this is the, the way that we are going to walk in our lives. And every choice thereafter would ultimately reflect God and his light and his love. And we would come to the light more and more with every choice we made reaffirming that decision so that God's 
name is is magnified so that he gets the glory because people that are in our lives can see God in us, working in us, working on us, working through us, all of the prepositional phrases, uh, working all around us, <laughs> working above us, working, you know, everything. And so, you guys, I just encourage you to um, understand that these these things are Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. To listen to the rest of this episode and others, subscribe to RSVP Show with April Metzler on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Or if you enjoy video content, you can subscribe over on my YouTube channel by simply searching for April D. Metzler. Thank you again for tuning into the Soul Wind TV podcast collection with all of your favorite broadcasters here on the Shining Our Light Women's Inspirational Network. Be sure to get your subscription to more amazing, encouraging content over on soulwin.tv. And don't forget to tell a friend about this resource. Remember, what you do matters, and you can shine your light in the Lord too and be an inspiration to others you are connected with. You are loved and not alone. God loves you so very much. Thank you for joining this visit of the RSVP Show. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwin, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwin women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.